Hello and welcome to Parley, the Hindu's audio podcast on current and contentious issues. I'm Ramya Kanan, your host for the day. Today, we will discuss a question that is literally upon us. Has the COVID-19 infection reached an endemic stage? In other words, has the infection reached a stage where it will continue to be present but be limited to certain areas or regions? This would make the disease spread and rates more predictable and therefore perhaps easier to handle. We have with us today two eminent specialists in the areas of epidemiology and public health. Dr. Tarun Bhatnagar, Senior Scientist, ICMR, National Institute of Epidemiology and Dr. K. Kolandai Swami, the former Director of Public Health, Tamil Nadu. Welcome both of you to the Pali. Let us launch into this podcast straight away, which is, of course, the most important question today as we know it. As far as COVID-19 goes... Are we reaching endemic stages? And also as epidemiologists, would you like to define what a disease, an endemic disease actually means for our audience? Maybe Dr. Tarun would like to go first. Uh, sure. Thank you, Ramya. Yeah, as you said, this is sort of the, the question that's in everybody's mind. And yeah, let me start off with, with the definition. I think that that should bring more clarity to further uh, discussion. So as per the sort of the classical definition that we have, uh, so a disease is uh, endemic when it is sort of, it spreads in a limited area and it spreads at a rate which is uh, relatively constant across time. And uh, the severity uh, really does not factor in when we think of endemicity. Whereas a pandemic uh, in contrast is something where uh, the disease has spread to, according to the WHO definition, the disease has spread to the to all the regions of the world and is present in some form or the other in all parts of the world uh, with a high, relatively high rate of spread, uh, which facilitates this uh, transmission across different parts of the world. Having said that, uh, so in terms of uh, SARS-CoV-2 situation as of now, of course, we know that it is uh, still detected in all parts of the world. So in that sense, it is still a pandemic. However, we are seeing that in most parts of the world or in many parts of the world, the rate of spread is definitely coming down, either naturally or with the interventions that have been put in place. So uh, um, my take on that would be, yes, we probably could be moving towards endemicity, but uh, that seems to be... a uh, a little further away than what where we are now. Thank you, Dr. Tarun. And Dr. Kondai Sami, you agree with uh, Dr. Tarun, I suppose? Yes, perfectly. I agree with uh, Dr. Tarun, sir. There are indications that uh, the virus is moving towards uh, endemicity. For example, in India, so now, for example, in India, Tamil Nadu, uh, in Tamil Nadu, we are seeing around 200 to 300 cases. Uh, most of these cases come from some clusters. So these clusters, I had college clusters or uh, the other uh, close and contained space event clusters kind of uh, 
cases contribute more. This is one uh, indication for uh, uh, the disease becoming endemicity. But one thing that we need to be very, very careful, so really till, till now, even after two years, we are not very clear about the origin of this virus. So already there are uh, three coronaviruses which are causing common cold in uh, human beings. And uh, basically these corona group of viruses are uh, the, uh, the viruses of the animal kingdom, uh, but they jump to human beings and uh, you know, they cause uh, sometimes very serious disease. And if we look into the history of uh, the SARS-CoV-1, earlier it was called as SARS. After this, um, this is named as SARS-CoV-2, and that the, the one which uh, appeared in 2002 is uh, named as SARS-CoV-1. Um, then again, subsequently in 2012, the MERS-CoV Middle East Respiratory Coronavirus appeared. The public health systems are not monitoring the SARS-CoV-1, but still the MERS-CoV is uh, being followed. So every year during the pilgrimage, uh, the passengers are uh, yeah, screened and they are screened for fever and the symptoms and they are given health advisory. Still the practice is being uh, continued. So we are not very sure whether uh, this virus will go in the way of SARS-CoV-1 or MERS-CoV or whether it is going to become like the other three common cold viruses of corona So this is what is being uh, the, the question to be answered. Only the time can answer. Thank you, Dr. Swami. There are just as a point of reference, during the early part of the COVID uh, pandemic, we um, likened it to the Spanish flu, which occurred about 100 years ago. Also for, you know, for people to feel a sense of, uh, there, there is a sense of uh, knowing what is to come, though it's only an illusion. So during the early part of the COVID pandemic, we likened it to the Spanish flu. Uh, the Spanish flu, as we know, did not turn endemic, uh, as far as uh, we are able to tell. It caused a great deal of uh, death and um, disease, and then um, we have no trace of that since. So why do some diseases um, go on to become endemic while others vanish, you know, as if there was no trace on Earth? Dr. Tarun, would you like to go first again? Uh, sure, Ramya. In order to understand the transmission of diseases and infectious diseases in particular, we need to think of what is known as the epidemiological triad, which is uh, the interaction between the agent, uh, which is the organism that causes the disease, the host, the, the, the body hair, it's the human body where the agent resides and spreads, and the environment in which both the agent and the host live and propagate and how how conducive it is for transmission of the agent. So uh, thinking of now comparing, say, the Spanish flu virus with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, there are, uh, there are definitely uh, virus-related characteristics which are different uh, in terms of the two viruses, their ability to transmit, their ability to propagate, their ability to uh, remain as uh, reservoirs in the human body uh, are definitely different uh, uh, in the sense that the flu virus was not as transmissible uh, compared to say, the SARS-CoV-2. In fact, the reproduction rate for in the flu virus was around uh, between one to two, uh, whereas for SARS-CoV-2, it has even gone up to three uh, or more or even four in different places. 
Secondly, uh, I think in terms of the host, uh, in order for the virus to spread, uh, as we know, there we, the virus needs susceptible population. And uh, during the Spanish flu, it is understood that probably around a third of the uh, world's population was affected and infected. And probably it led to decrease in the uh, enough susceptible population for the virus to spread from one person to the other. Uh, something that we refer to as the herd immunity. And that again worked in favor of not seeing uh, uh, this, the flu as commonly as it was during the pandemic. And finally, the, even the environment, the virus again uh, seems to prefer a colder environment compared to uh, SARS-CoV-2, which is probably uh, agnostic to the environment uh, as we have seen now. So I would think that it's all of these factors combined, uh, which uh, probably uh, saw uh, Spanish flu sort of not continuing beyond uh, the several years that it did. And of course, finally, the public health interventions, I think we played a really important role. Although at that time, probably the virus was not known, but it was, it was still the respiratory spread of the virus and people were isolated, people were quarantined. Hand, hand hygiene was something that was made uh, important at that time as well. So definitely uh, the public health measures that were taken into consideration at that point of time also played a very important role in uh, controlling the spread of the flu virus. That's um, truly explanatory, uh, Dr. Saran. Thank you very much. Dr. Kulveswami, uh, your uh, comments on this? Yes, to add on to uh, Dr. Tarun, the situation in the early part of the 19th century and the current uh, almost uh, 100 years back, the situation is completely different. So uh, in, in Spanish uh, flu, the movement of the soldiers uh, during the, the, the large-scale movement, particularly in European area, that played uh, a major role in the spread of the disease. Uh, but currently, the movement of the people for studies, for business, for tourism, for multivarious uh, uh, reasons, now it is very phenomenal. Even uh, uh, very small uh, countries or even uh, countries like uh, during this Ebola viral disease, we realize that even in countries um, like Sierra Leone, the countries in the western horn of Africa, there are thousands and thousands of people from India, Tamil Nadu, even uh, um, many of the well-to-do or developed districts also they are working uh, there. So that means, so any disease can spread from anywhere and there will be human continuity will be there so that, um, so instead of uh, the disease uh, disappearing like Spanish flu, so the more probability of the disease uh, lying uh, in endemic mode, here and there cases appearing kind of uh, uh, then sporadic um, clusters or sporadic isolated single cases. So the, I think the, this is the most uh, probable scenario which may emerge in the uh, future. Thank you, Doctor, for that, for adding on those, uh, those very uh, important points. So is it okay uh, since we are approaching endemicity in about you know two years, is it okay to be a little vain and say that uh, this is because it is a triumph of uh, human effort, uh, or are we just kidding ourselves and the virus did it all by itself? Dr. Kolda Swami, do you want to come sure, in on sure. this first? Yes, sure, madam. Actually, the the one important turning uh, point in this case is the development of a vaccine. 
so that played a major uh, role so and also the communication technology uh, particularly the role of uh, uh, media print media social media as well although the social media many times they spread rumors but uh, still the social media and the uh, visual media all all kinds of uh, communication network they played a major role in disseminating the information very quickly uh, particularly is not only for the people so but also for the doctors nurses the professionals who are dealing the pandemic so the the, the information gap to manage a case to prevent to organize control measures uh, the gap was very very uh, minimum the, the moment the who issues a guidelines it reaches even the uh, even a practitioner who is in a very remote uh, village that is one of the major efforts and also of course although the measures were very harsh the uh, travel restrictions and uh, you know, the uh, lockdown measures also helped a lot so in my opinion uh, the pandemic spread very fast so that itself in a, in a way it was a blessing in disguise in the, in the sense that it had, before the uh, the vaccine was developed it created a good amount of herd immunity uh, the people who had been a large number of people had been infected through the world and subsequently the vaccines which we developed the coverage of the vaccine both together and with other control measures uh, that helped a lot so i think two years is fairly yeah, a rapid uh, we can we can safely say that uh, the governments had controlled the uh, pandemic in a very rapidly so uh, we can say that safely so we, we initially we expected it may go for another 3-4 uh, uh, years but I think it is, it is less than 2 years it's, it's really very good very well said uh, doctor uh, doctor Karan uh, do you want to come in please so uh, I think I I would say that I would share the credit uh, sort of equally between the virus and and us uh, human beings. Basically, it was as Dr. Kalinda Swami also mentioned that uh, the initial period, the virus spread so much that in a way that was a boon in terms of people getting natural immunity to that particular strain of the virus. So yes, and then we are also seeing that countries which have uh, sort of gone into the uh, zero covid approach are seeing uh, more uh, sort of sort of bigger uh, waves and uh, more transmission now than compared to the other countries so again that is something that uh, sort of uh, the, the interaction between the virus and uh, the human beings has caused that uh, thing and uh, I think, yeah, definitely vaccine has been a game changer. I think this is the first, this is historical to have uh, a vaccine within such a short period of time. And it's uh, totally uncomparable to any other uh, medical uh, sort of uh, intervention that has, that the world has seen as of now. Yeah. So now, of course, it's, it's, it's sort of a race between the virus and the vaccine. And also, I think, the management of the disease per se, uh, in terms of the clinical management, I think we have learned a lot very fast. In fact, so uh, over the two years or even less than, I mean, say in the first year, uh, by the end of first year, I think we were much more, uh, uh, we uh, understood much more on how to clinically tackle uh, disease and people in the hospitals and the management algorithms and, and the drugs again. 
so definitely that that again goes uh, something that we should uh, be happy in terms of what we could introduce as interventions to manage the disease as well right so this sort of you know segues on to my next uh, question um we might have you know sort of briefly touched upon it but uh, i'd like to explore it a little further um are we um, you know going into a phase where we can say that uh, there will be mild disease especially if it becomes endemic um what is the link between cases and death in such a scenario and what would be a fair uh, projection for the future dr tarun uh yes so uh i think right now we are uh, i guess if we look at different parts of the world uh, i think and also in india yeah, okay, starting from india i think we we're not seeing as many deaths we're not seeing as many hospitalizations even and of course the cases have are considerably low that could be the real scenario of course the, the testing also has come down however uh in general it seems to that the 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 severity seems to be pretty low for in india at least and in in many parts of the world but then there are uh, we also now recently are looking at another sub lineage of omicron which is ba4 and ba5 uh that was initially reported from south africa and now common in several countries uh and recent reports from south africa shows high number of excess deaths uh, related to uh, ba45 and even in portugal for example uh, something that is where the vaccination rates are pretty high they are reporting pretty high number of cases as well as hospitalizations so there so ultimately i think it's it's something that we'll have to see in terms of the it's it's the virus that is sort of driving uh, this uh, uh, where we are and uh, currently in india i think uh, ba2 is the predominant uh, lineage of omicron and which is although more transmissible but less causes less severe disease uh, but related to the other lineages and other strains that may uh, appear in the future uh, so it's basically a sort of a the driving factors for as you mentioned uh, talked about you want about the future projection would be how how good is the virus in terms of immune escape from natural immunity as well as from the vaccine induced immunity how long the the Im- immunity remains persists uh, both natural as well as vaccine induced and uh, the vaccine distribution in terms of the coverage of vaccine uh again we know that that's not really equally distributed even in india let alone the world so i think these would be the three critical factors that would determine uh where the future uh, lies in terms of our interaction with the virus uh, dr kundeswami please thank Hi. you dr tarun actually i'm seeing some similarity between the swine flu and uh, the covid uh, sars cov 2 uh the swine flu almost a decade back the who has categorized it as seasonal uh, influenza uh, but still we are finding when the cases cases also occur occurring at uh, it has become an endemic uh, in, uh, in tamil nadu india 
So even a few cases uh, occur in the people who are having some respiratory disease or comorbid conditions. It is very severe and hospitalization is required and, some, and, and sometimes death also occur. Maybe the same pattern, this is also influenza like uh, illness, although it is a different uh, virus, still uh, we need to be very careful. We need to take uh, basically three, four steps. Uh, people with comorbid conditions, the diabetes hypertension, they should see to that their uh, comorbid conditions are under control. Diabetes under control, hypertension under control. That is very important. And other serious diseases like those who underwent uh, uh, kidney transplantation or those who are in immunocompromised radiotherapy, cancer patients in, under uh, chemotherapy, uh, those who, whose uh, body uh, immunity uh, is low due to various reasons, such people to be very careful in either in wearing masks or uh, washing hands or avoiding uh, going to crowded and contained uh, yeah, places that is very important and also still we have a lot of time to ensure the people that who have not yet received the booster dose the people who have not at all got themselves immunization neither the second dose nor the first dose uh, some people they uh, got immunized for the, the first dose they received they have not received the second dose so all these category of people have to be uh, identified and the, the situation and the risk that they are likely to get has to be explained and, uh, and the vaccination has to be uh, completed. This is very important and we need to continue to monitor the uh, surveillance and uh, the morbidity as well as the uh, mortality, including the severe disease and death. So that is very important in the days to come. Right. Um, thank you. Uh, for this, actually, uh, you've clarified a lot of points, including the very crucial one about immunization. Um, we can move on to the next question, which is, of course, uh, related. What are the public health measures that governments will have to roll out uh, in an endemic scenario versus a pandemic scenario? We are looking at the future. So assuming that COVID, SARS-CoV-2 has endemicity, then what are the public health measures that would have to be rolled out, uh, Dr. Kundeswami? Actually, the public health measures, the important public health measures uh, earlier, almost uh, some, uh, uh, some 50, 60, 5, 6 decades back, uh, the, there, there used to be separate ward, separate uh, uh, block for infectious diseases. And they had been maintained by the local uh, body, local administration, municipality or corporation. So, say for example, every district headquarters hospital, they had a diarrhea ward, they had a TB ward, they had a, the the other chicken parts or other kind of, uh, so any kind of infectious disease like chicken parts or the measles or cholera, um, kind of diseases come. There had been a facility in every district headquarters in almost the old medical colleges, the seven or eight medical colleges. And there were TB sanitariums. So these institutions used to handle the cases. But unfortunately, over a period of years, the malaria, the elimination, the eradication of uh, smallpox, huge decline in uh, malaria cases, huge decline in almost the control of uh, cholera and the other diseases, infectious diseases like measles, chickenpox, and, and, and again TB. 
so these institutions um, they have lost their significance and um, the, the the old buildings had been demolished and new integrated complexes had been constructed even the maternity and um, children pediatrics um, there used to be separate hospitals like uh, kgh now it is merged kgh triple can kasurba gandhi hospital triple can now it is merged with the uh, new medical college at omandurar uh, estate um so, so it's not as an exclusive facility for women and children so only the exclusive facilities which is still remaining is the uh, institute of heart studies and gynecology at uh, igmore and the institute of child health and one tondeyarpet uh, kalra uh, hospital that cdh communicable disease hospital is uh, still functioning under the corporation of chennai so some tb hospitals with the skeletal staff like the one in uh, in madurai the one in uh, uh, tambaram uh, so the, the and also perundurai also now the huge part of it had been converted into perundurai medical college so what i am trying to say uh, the system the system has absolutely no capacity to handle the uh, infectious diseases cases even if in one case that doesn't matter whether it is in one case or 100 cases they have there, there need to be an exclusive facility to manage the cases and correspondingly uh, the diagnostic facilities again the diagnostic facilities is a serious uh, gap in the healthcare system so uh, even in the, the the even in a project mode we did that in krishnagiri and uh, neelgiris with the tie up with all kinds of uh, diagnostic facilities the highest diagnostic facilities available in the country uh, still only around 50 to 55 a uh, percent of the fever cases had been the the causative organism for the fever cases um, cases had been fixed this is very high in western countries particularly in uh, countries like uh, uh, united states of america so what i'm trying to say we need to upgrade our diagnostic facility so that we can fix the jaundice what is the cause of this jaundice fever what is the cause of this fever diarrhea what is the cause of this diarrhea that kind of uh, Uh, laboratory facilities also need to be there because this infectious diseases many diseases are coming so the ebola viral disease caused a big um, panic lot of travel restrictions rerouting from uh, africa and also the other uh, diseases also um, which caused a problem in uh, nifa virus disease which caused a problem in kerala so these things we need to be addressed so th- these are all the very important points the government should keep in mind to address for the future and of course the uh, vaccine uh, manufacturing facilities that is also one of the uh, missed area so due to the who good gmp practices most of the vaccine manufacturing units had been uh, uh, closed only some institutes the bcg laboratory in in uh, gindi and the pastor institute kunnur uh, uh, have been uh, these institutes have been uh, revived but unfortunately although the government is having huge um, capacity to to upgrade the vaccine existing vaccine manufacturing uh, institutions and the institute the king institute under uh, uh, the state government which was earlier ma- um, making typhoid vaccine tetanus toxicity vaccine anti rabies vaccine anti snake uh, venom so all this cholera vaccine of course the cholera vaccine is not in use now but what i'm trying to say is the king institute had the capacity to produce all kinds of vaccines including the anti snake uh, uh, venom so now if you 
go to the, the King Institute, it had been reduced to a simple uh, diagnostic um, uh, center. Even uh, in that, uh, it is supposed to be the state referral uh, center for a diagnosis. But still, they are sending samples to Pune and other places. Uh, that, that is the state of uh, situation in, uh, in the, in the uh, state. So these things need to be addressed. Right. Uh, thank you, Doctor. Uh, Doctor Parang, um, do you want to uh, talk about uh, perhaps epidemiology and surveillance in a pandemic versus endemic scenario? Sure, Amir. So I think uh, what we should expect to uh, we definitely we we are not expecting the virus to disappear. Number one. And so probably it will continue to circulate at various levels in the environment and among the human population. So first thing that we need to be thinking of is setting realistic levels of what is the expect what the expected level of say death or sickness or hospitalization vis-a-vis -vis the infrastructure that is available. And ultimately, I mean it's it's basically about preventing deaths as much as possible. The second part of it is to set targets for reducing transmission. And uh, uh, we know that uh, as with more and more virus circulating and transmitting, uh, the, the risk of uh, new mutations, new variants appearing increases. Uh, so we need to be looking at wherever there are clusters or there we see a higher rate of transmissions. One, of course, is having uh, a routine uh, testing facility, which is not camp-based or which is sort of not ad hoc, but something that is routine, similar to all the other routine tests that we do now, should be something that should be accessible and available to people. And we we are aware of what uh, the virus is now. And then, as I said, the, the with the emerging variants, again, the, the role of uh, genomic surveillance becomes very critical. Uh, to be able to to identify first of all to identify which is the circulating variant and uh, once we know that then we know that okay is the variant uh, the characteristics of that variant in terms of its transmissibility in terms of its ability to cause severe disease and accordingly the public health interventions would have to be in place depending again uh, according to the variant and i think Two things that are really critical, I think, which uh, irrespective of uh, the variant is to stop the airborne transmission. And uh, wherein one is wearing masks, especially in indoor crowded places. I think that's something that has to be, I don't know, it may not be, it may not be possible to enforce it legally similar to wearing helmets, although we know how that uh, <laughs> goes as well. Uh, but uh, at least messaging, a uh, uh, strong messaging in terms of that. And second, where at least I think not much has been talked about is, is air ventilation uh, in indoor spaces uh, per se. So I think that is, again, an area which uh, uh, in terms of public health engineering, in terms of uh, designing our uh, uh, indoor spaces and uh, having good ventilations, uh, would be uh, really uh, important as we move forward in terms of uh, uh, preventing the transmission of the virus. 
thank you uh, between the pair of you you have uh, given us a very clear picture of what we must do in the future what we can expect as uh, members of the public from the government as well uh, my next question is that you know we have really come a long way in just two years uh, of the pandemic and both of you have been you know sort of intimately involved with the covid-19 uh, scenario itself from 2019 the december of 2019 to now do you think that we have come to be prepared for something like covid or any other such uh, pandemic and um, are there some opportunities that we have actually uh, Dr. Kundeswami. Yes, definitely, madam. That 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 is important point that I like to uh, make. So we had the 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 although the COVID nineteen pandemic is disastrous, it had brought in lot of uh, opportunities uh, like the political government support, the administrative support, and the entire community support uh, to uh, bring in certain developments. Say, for example. there is some there is i was earlier i was talking about the exclusive facilities about the the, the facility for women and children uh, most of the pregnant mothers who contracted this covid 19 uh, they suffered the infection in the hospital when they uh, they, they are not diseased they, they 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 are all healthy people only thing that they are carrying a baby um, then they went to the hospital they got the infection what i am trying to say the hospitals are not very clearly marked for women and children that, that is a major concern even for the if you take the other patients also they also uh, the, 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 the say for example a patient who is admitted for uh, an orthopedic problem and perhaps in the hospital for 15 days or 30 days and then contracting a swine flu um, from within the hospital or um, a dengue from within the hospital is not um, acceptable the hospital infection control measures and the segregation practices uh, they need they should have been enforced during the pandemic itself but uh, we missed the opportunity greatly as a result around 300 pregnant uh, mothers they died due to covid in tamil nadu um alone if i if the data are, uh, are 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 complete at least 300 uh, uh, mother this is a huge uh, number it had pushed the maternal mortality up, uh, ratio um, upwards and, and not only that 300 mothers are uh, last so this is a very serious uh, concern so i am well till yesterday today i am going to an to the hospital for vaccinating my child or getting myself for um, uh, checked for uh, checked for my pregnancy related um, issues so then i am getting it returning to home with a disease means infectious disease means it's a very serious uh, uh, problem the facilities for women and children have to be segregated even among the women and the children the 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 people who are like the potential people who are coming with the potential infection there must be another uh, segregation and the hospitals should have exclusive all major hospitals medical college hospitals and district headquarters hospital should have exclusive facilities for handling the infectious diseases they should not get mingled with other um, uh, patients either in the pharmacy or, or in the laboratory or in the canteen 
are nowhere there should be an opportunity for the infectious disease people uh, should be merged with the other uh, patient similarly women and children this is one important area where we uh, missed at least now uh, we should work in the direction and the second thing as uh, dr tarun was telling uh, the ventilation the hospitals the sanitarium which had been constructed some uh, 50 years back or 60 70 years back and the hospitals which are now be constructed they keep the air condition in mind when the air volume is low the efficiency of the air conditioner increase when the air volume or the roof height or this thing is there then it is very difficult to so people are the engineering measures are very very important to keep our most of the cases either the source are two things either the the hospital are the sources a closed and contained and crowded space like a jewelry showroom like a textile showroom like a shopping mall uh, this kind are of, a departmental store these kind of the places we need to if you take an industry there are hundreds of people are working but they have done a very good um, ventilation arrangement the, the the supply of cool air from the top and the exhaust fans removing the um, um, ensuring that the um the required um, air change per hour is ensured in those uh, places we have not seen any uh, kind of clusters in any of the factories which are um, running but we are seeing clusters in the hospitals we are seeing clusters in the other closed and contained places that is again like, like classical example is cinema theater so these are all the places we need to uh, focus our attention and the third important um, aspect the opportunity is the people have started behaving in a very very disciplined and hygienic way they like the hand wash um, the wearing the face mask at least in the hospitals and crowded places and the uh, keeping the doors and um, and avoiding um, unnecessary visit to hospitals maybe hundreds of people visiting a newborn child or hundreds visiting an, an injured patient or admitted patient that kind of practice so these things uh, i think uh, we should continue to enforce this discipline the behavior there was a very good positive behavior change over the two years and now people are reverting back to the old habits so now it is uh, time that we need to continue to uh, enforce the hygienic practices and the fourth opportunity the, the missed opportunity what had been uh, seen vaccine i have already mentioned so there are the uh, there is a good opportunity at least for the government of tamil nadu state government uh, to revive the uh, king institute um, uh, to uh, produce vaccine it had it had a capacity when the king institute can produce vaccine some 50 years back up till 19 i think if i remember correctly till two decades back they are producing the vaccines so now in 2022 it is not very difficult to find human resources they are even conducting msc virology course kind of things so that is another opportunity that we missed and again um, the from the academic point of view the jipmer has started a post doctoral fellowship course in infectious diseases similar courses so the here in tamil nadu the tamil nadu dr ngr medical university can start and similarly um, across the uh, country the several medical universities uh, the national medical council can consider uh, uh, starting uh, 
the specialized courses in uh, infectious disease that is again another uh, area and uh, lastly the field health programs need to be reorganized there is an exclusive cadder uh, which is meant for um, who are meant for women and um, children maternal child health in immunization and family welfare that is an, that is they are called village health nurses in urban area there are urban health nurses for every 10000 population in urban areas they are uh, they are available in villages for every 5000 but the same cadder the corresponding cadder for the male health workers uh, who are earlier uh, involved in uh, uh, smallpox eradication malaria elimination leprosy cholera control plague um, elimination of uh, plague so um, the yas filaria so all these uh, people slowly the machinery the the have been uh, dismantled is assuming that this disease have gone no new infectious disease will come so now tb is a major problem and other newly emerging infectious diseases are a major uh, problem so we the government the government of india they have to revise their policy to have the corresponding cadre for the may um, for the female health workers the male health workers have to be again reconstructed i am not asking for the new um, uh, sanction and uh, the third um, component is honesty maternal and child health immunization and family welfare the infectious disease control cadre it is now functioning like an army without uh, soldiers at the district level there are officers um, there are epidemiologists there are public health specialists at the state level and the central level there are so many people are there but there are no people to carry out the guidelines or carry out the instruction of the field this is the second aspect then the third aspect the very important public health problem it has very clearly emerged and uh, posing a huge challenge to the hospitals and the public health system is non communicable diseases the non communicable particularly diabetes hypertension and cancer uh, most of the diseases the problems can be prevented can be screened and diagnosed early and be under control so 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 a corresponding a cadre um, like the mch cadre that is the village health nurses cadre they have to be exclusively um, created for the uh, non communicable uh, disease that is also very important for ncd lot of specialists at the hospital level lot of program managers at the district level and state level and the central level there are no people at the ground level to go to the house to house like the mch cadre so we need to develop a cadre for ncd we need to reconstruct the cadre for infectious disease we need to continue to maintain and upgrade the cadre for the maternal and child health so these are the opportunities the pandemic had exposed the weaknesses in the current public health system and the governments need to the national government and the state government need to address these issues thanks that is very important sir dr tarun do you want to uh, you know speak about uh, missed opportunities that we could have caught but there is still time to remedy and rectify uh sure so i think from what from more from i uh, speak speaking more from a uh, public health research perspective and uh, in terms of using data for decision making think uh, one thing a positive that i see here is that uh, the pandemic brought together people who were 
working in their own silos, the clinicians, uh, the mathematicians, the epidemiologists, uh, the, 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 the laboratory professionals, the public health practitioners on the ground, anthropologists, etc. So I think so we have good examples of where people, multidisciplinary teams have come together and to get a better understanding of the spread and uh, uh, from all aspects, uh, biological, social, behavioral, et cetera. I think so we have an opportunity to now go further and sort of change the uh, or, or bring about some change in the culture of, of uh, research, uh, the way it happens. Uh, in our country and uh, try to work together with people uh, instead of sort of duplicating things in small way. And it also helps to sort of uh, get sort of bigger bang for the buck, as they say, when you use sort of collaborations. And secondly, I think, yeah, uh, we've also uh, developed systems to uh, collect data, to transmit data, to uh, analyze and uh, use data for various purposes at different levels. But I think, again, definitely there are opportunities to make that system more robust, more transparent, and uh, more efficient use of data, uh, which sort of, and more transparent use of data, uh, again, in a multidisciplinary approach that can definitely go a long way in being prepared for the future and in tackling with uh, similar kind of public health emergencies in the future. Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, perhaps our final question of the day, though, you know, there are questions, Galore, and I don't think it's possible to answer every single one of them. However, though we did discuss about missed opportunities, it is true that uh, facilities were created across the, across the world, in fact, and certainly in India at a national level, state level, district level, to handle COVID. Uh, the, uh, for instance, we now have more ventilators than we ever did in the past, and more beds uh, have been opened. A whole bunch of facilities were created, uh, was created for handling the pandemic COVID. Do you think that they should be, uh, you know, retained with the same approach, or should they be integrated into the health system, merged with the health system for better uh, utilization of these health resources? Uh, Dr. Tarum, would you like to go first on that? So uh, I think one thing that uh, this pandemic also helped uh, sort of brought to light was the status of the public health infrastructure, not just in our country, but in many countries, globally speaking. Uh, so and uh, it brought in opportunities to uh, augment that infrastructure, augment uh, systems and put several systems in place. In my opinion, I would feel that things should be done in a more integrated manner rather than uh, sort of a vertical uh, approach to, because then uh, we would say, okay, we shut down these ICUs. Uh, we, there's no, we are endemic and so forth. But I think this is an opportunity to actually strengthen the public health system, to strengthen the access to uh, good quality care uh, in terms of the uh, curative aspect of it and uh, an opportunity for the public health cadre in the field to understand. Uh, I mean, they've been doing, uh, they've been part of infectious disease outbreak investigations and response 
to public health emergencies again, uh, but definitely much more learnings. And I think that has to go across uh, across the board uh, to be able to uh, make sure we are prepared for the future. I think, uh, and we don't know what in what form the uh, the future sort of public health emergencies might come in. So definitely to integrate. And one example, for example, uh, one illustration that we need to still do a lot is uh, now that we're seeing what is we call as long COVID, which is the clinical manifestations of in the infection in the long run. And again, we need, uh, so a lot of these facilities definitely can be utilized for management, rehabilitation, et cetera, of people uh, specific who may be suffering from uh, conditions related to long COVID. But I think in general, it should help to improve uh, our, our health infrastructure uh, per se. Uh, thank you, Dr. Tarun. Dr. Kandeswami, what do you feel? Do you think that they should be integrated into larger healthcare setups? Definitely, the, the system must be an integrated system with uh, vertical components at operational level. Um, uh, maybe at the, uh, say for example, the TB control program, the leprosy control program. So both are major uh, programs. So they have vertical component, but that, that is integrated into the existing system. So, but um, if that is totally, if everything is totally integrated, um, then uh, the importance also may be lost. Maybe the, the, at the program level, it must be, um, integrated and at the same time a vertical uh, structure to carry out the guidelines and other things. At the operational, I, I think the levels maybe at the block level, at the district level, and at the uh, state and national level, it can be fully uh, integrated with the consent program divisions. And at the operational level, so depending on the size of the the magnitude of the problem, say for example, uh, the TB, the magnitude of the TB is huge. We need to have exclusive dedicated cadre at the field level to carry on the program. Although the other component people, they, they keep, um, they should also be trained and uh, developed so that they also keep cross-referring the cases. And again, the leprosy also, um, at least for the knowledge management level, there must be one person who, who, who should uh, be available at the block level so that uh, the individual can keep training the new generation since the disease is fast uh, disappearing. So depending on the magnitude of the problem, depending on the level, um, we can have the vertical component, but as a system, as a whole, it should be integrated. Right. Thank you so much uh, for that, Dr. Swami and Dr. Tarun. I think we've had uh, nearly an hour of uh, quite uh, sparkling uh, discussions and I hope that some of these uh, issues that we have spoken about today will clarify things for our uh, readers and for the audience. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you, madam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ramya. Thanks for having me.